The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. I'm Max Bernstein. I am Randall Slate. And today we are going to maybe predictably go over the giant changes that have happened to the FAQ and, and the banned and restricted lists and all that stuff. Uh, but before we do that, we just want to uh, make sure that we say a few tournament dates that are coming up. Tabletop Shop up in Newington, Connecticut uh, on the 16th of March, 10 a.m., Make sure you get up there. They changed the format, I heard, so it's going to be best two out of three. Uh, so it should be a, a little bit more of a substantial thing. Uh, the Portal in Manchester, Connecticut on, on April 13th at 10 a.m. Uh, there's a new one we're putting on here, the Dragon Real, real quick, Blade. sorry. Real oh, quick. If you, live in, uh, if, you, if you want to go to the Portal, if you live in Massachusetts, you should check out the Portal in Manchester, Connecticut, because it's fairly close, fairly close to Massachusetts. Yeah. There you go. There are also then, people I know who play 40K who come down from uh, New Hampshire, too. So oh, yeah. Check out All the right. portal if you live in either of those states. There you go. And then uh, the Dragon's Lair, which is in Wallingford, Connecticut, uh, we just saw recently is starting Warhammer Underworld League Nights. It's going to be the first and the third Sunday of the month. And you just go there, you play three games, and, and then your crew wins. And then at the end of the season, which is in June they'll uh, tally up the scores and figure out who was the winner. So there you go. And of course, this weekend, the inaugural Battle for Salvation. Well, it's not the inaugural. Weekend. It is the inaugural one. No, we did one at the at the GT, but we were the only people. Oh, yeah, that, that thing doesn't count. Okay, all right. If it was just me and The you, second annual. That doesn't count. Not the second annual, the inaugural kit tournament. Okay. This is the inaugural kit tournament. I that that's that's what I say. I'm I'm sticking with that. We do have it, the kit. Yeah, we have a kit. Um, so it's uh it's this weekend. It's this Saturday in Harrison. Uh, be there at around eleven o'clock for registration. Not around. Be there at eleven o'clock for registration. Uh, I I've been playing around with best coast pairings or best that's what it's called, right? Best, best coast, coast pairings. pairings. Yeah, I've been playing around with that. I think I figured out how it works, and uh, we'll be using that. Uh, really great app. I have the TO one. It's really mm -hmm. cool. And uh, yes, and don't forget, we have quite a bit of swag, Battle for Salvation tournaments for 40K or whatever. They're known, X-Wing 2. Um, they're known for having really great uh, giveaways and prizes. And, um, and, and I don't think we're going to disappoint because I, I've heard that we have a lot of great stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll be doing that this weekend. And of course, in our next episode, we'll, uh, we'll report back to all of our listeners about what happened. All right. Um, anything more about tournament stuff before I move on? No. No. Okay. Another thing we want to remind you of is Bat Reps for Salvation, which is our video uh, Bat Reps that we've been putting up on YouTube. They are admittedly not the greatest looking ones. What the? I mean, seriously. Dude, our boy Rob Mead does it. 
Rob's doing it. Rob, who you know, um, was on our fourth episode where we talked about the Guardian. Um, he's been doing them, and we're just kind of working on figuring out what sort of you know, what yeah. sort of technology to use, and we're just, we, we're thinking about like green screen stuff, and we're trying to figure it out. So, um, but in the meantime, we're putting some really great games up there if you can handle the thing, the the camera going out of focus occasionally. Well, <laughs> we'd encourage you to go and watch those. Yes, uh, both well, of I mean, us are on it, and Rob too. Rob is a very good Skaven player. If you if you if you like Skaven. You should definitely check him out and uh, just leave, you know, your feedback and suggestions and point we'll, out all we'll the little mistakes those. we we'll, make. We'll get better over time as we yeah. accrue more equipment yeah, we're, and we're, uh, we're working on it. experience. But that doesn't, get experience. Them up. that doesn't mean we're not going to put them up, though. We're going to put them up. They're good they're games. games. Yeah, they're really good games. Um, and uh, we're also putting up our uh, deck lists when we do them. Um, I've played with Malogs and uh, Magors, and the Malogs game was after the new FAQ. I thought it was before, but it was actually after. And uh, so is the Thunder Buddies one that we just did. Yeah, my also game with Rob, I was playing Far Strider, and that was definitely that was before, before the FAQ. The FAQ yeah. yeah. All right. So I don't anyway, think it really it, mattered for them though. The... No. And if, oh if yeah, well, up... it kind of did. Well, when you go on YouTube, you look up Bat Reps for Salvation, or you can just look up uh, BFSWU Podcast, um, and and that will also, uh, it'll come up there too. Yeah. All right. So there we go. All right, Randall. My moment to shine, Randall. Let's recap that tournament in West Hartford at the GW store up there. Well, let's start. Um, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Right. So... Where 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 is the beginning? For we're you? on our we're on our way there. We we're gonna show up late after everything Be, because I didn't know tournament. exactly how far that was, right. and I completely miscalibrated and on when I should leave. It's important to, I to it note this. Closer. Yeah, this is important because this actually had a huge effect on the outcome. So I show up, or where we get we we get to the store. We got there like and, exactly when it started. Right. Yeah. It started at like eleven or or no twelve. No, and whatever it was, we yeah, got there exactly. We got there exactly on time. You say, Randall, jump out and tell him that we're there. Yeah. And to save us a spot, right? Because I have to so, go park the car. Right. So I walk in there. Everybody's all ready to go. Everybody's got their stuff very, out. Because they're very prompt. And uh, I walk over to the manager and I say, we got two more people. Or I say, me and one other person. And he says, okay, no problem. But, you know, that, make, that means we're going to have an odd number of people. And one of you has to take a buy. So, you know, normally I would like to take a bye, but I said, you know what? I'm here. I'm ready to go. Exactly. I might as well just jump in right now and not wait for for my friend to come. Right. Right. Then the other thing is that all the rounds were only one hour. Yeah. So it was a good idea for you to just jump in because otherwise that game would have been very short. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So anyway. um, So and how many people was it total? 13, including us. I was the thirteenth person. Yeah, so that's why it was. Someone had to have a buy the first yeah. time. and and by the way, thirteen is a substantial amount. Yeah, of that was. Playing at a I'd tournament. say probably one of the largest tournaments I've been to outside of Nova, which was it a is, convention. I, it's the biggest one I was at outside of Nova as well. Yeah, because we went to that. We went to the Carcosa one back. Uh, oh like yeah, remember whatever that was twelve. Right, and then Carcosa. I remember when the game first came out. I went to Carcosa for a Legend of the Five Rings tournament, and they had they had like twenty five people there for what? or some something like that was it was a ton of people. 
Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, why did I come for <laughs> Legend of the Five Rings? I could have been, could have played Shadespire. I didn't know. There you go. So I was uh, technically at that 13. one, but didn't play uh, in it. All right. So I would say this is this is a large enough tournament that uh, for a kid tournament that that, you know, maybe I don't know, winning it not to bury the lead. Is, it would be pretty cool uh, if someone it, won that. It would be that. pretty cool. That would that would be, yeah. If you won that one, that would be a legit win. All right, so let's talk about it. Um, you did better than I did, so I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Um, round one, um, my opponent was a four-pack of tacos. And nice. they were delicious. Uh, right. I got them from Bar Taco. And if you are from this area, you know Bar Taco is the best. Um, and uh, and that's where I, so I just, it was me versus these tacos. That would be one entire thing. I won okay. um, narrowly. Um, I I felt good for the rest of the day, so I figure that would be that's a win, right? Um, and I was rewarded by uh, by getting a plus twenty glory score mm-hmm. because I had a buy. Right. Um, so oh, by the way, they, they, uh, just so that everybody out there knows, they were um, figuring out winners by total glory scored. So, mm-hmm. so it was, you had to be, uh, so the winner would be three and O at the end of the whole thing and also would have the highest glory total. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind, everybody. So, so we have, so I, which I, is an I, okay way of doing things. I feel yeah, like no, I think that's good. I mean, it's, it's a little matchup dependent, um, mm-hmm. but uh, cause you know, but it's certainly... only the people who went three and O. Right. It's exactly. not any, it's not just, you know, the total glory. It's just the, the glory it's, it's like, is the tiebreaker. Like it breaks yeah. into tiebreaker. Right. Okay. So, so me versus tacos. Um, I win, I would say in every way. Okay. Because good job. You, you always win when you, when you have yeah. tacos. All right. Um, and so that's going to be, uh, so that's me. So I'm, I'm technically two O with a plus 20 differential at this point. Yep. That was my round one. Yep. Okay. Randall, you go. Well, my round one was against a very guys, nice guy named Kevin. Who was playing Garrick's Reavers, and uh, that's a matchup that I don't get to play a lot because there's not too many people who play them in our area, I guess. Rob used to play Reavers like a while back, but oh, a long time ago, yeah. yeah like yeah. when we first started, he played them a lot. Yeah, uh, but the game has changed significantly now, and uh, yeah, it was, he he did a great job. He was able to score a lot more glory than I was like expecting. Especially really early in the round, and yeah, he had a lot of score immediately. Right, stuff. he had a lot of score immediately. That was like really easy to do. Yep, and um, you were playing uh, Night Haunt. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, playing Thor's the Dark Queen. Yeah, I don't, yeah we should have mentioned that. Yeah, that would have been helpful. That, you were yes. playing Malogs, by the way. I, well, I mean, I wanted okay. to win anyway. So he was able to get a lot of glory just for like you know, charging and attacking me. And then he even had this one card where it's like, um, if he kills a guy, then he heals to full. What? That's a Reavers one. That's yeah. a Reavers? That's like a Reavers specific one? I believe right. so. I'll, I'll, it was, it was good. He, he, he played really well, um, but I did end up uh, winning 2-0. to zero. Okay. The second right. game, uh, I got some crit defense and then just killed everybody he had. Uh, but it was good. Sure, always good. It, it, it was, I was very surprised by how much glory he was able to get, especially really early in the game. Is my final conclusion on on that game. Was it a ploy or an upgrade that if you like deal damage, you get to heal yourself? I think it's a ploy. It's a ploy. I... 
don't know. I'm looking. Uh, we'll look that up. We'll have to look it up. But um, you're in round two. Okay, so round two, I actually got to play, and I played our good friend uh, Chris, who I've played before. Um, when uh, remember, I was at a tabletop shop one a little while back. Yep. And I met Chris there. At the time, he had just been playing for about a month. Now he has a few more months worth of play under his belt. Um, he's been much more. He's very serious about it. You can see him on the boards. Uh, on Facebook talking about stuff. Um, we had, we've been having these long conversations about what's fair ways to do like big tournaments. Anyway, always good to see him. And, um, but, uh, and he was playing Thunder Buddies. Uh, good for him. It's a good, good choice. And um, I was playing Molog and uh, Molog is good. So it was, uh, it was pr pretty difficult. So he won the board. Oh, I, I didn't win the board roll off of any of my games all day any mm -hmm. of my games all day and um that i thought because i was going to do the thing that like justin from the battle cast uh said which is that you, you do long board every time and i didn't get a chance to do it all day so uh alas um but the first game you had we had uh he he had amos and don't uh and and rastus and and storm sire all the way in the back i ended up charging in he I, I killed Amos, I remember at one point, and then he uh, teleported Stormsire to the back and went squig hunting, which I think is what you got to do. Um, and that game was close, but I did score quite a bit. I killed both um, Amos and Rastus, and he got, I think, one or two of my squigs, but it took him a while to get it. Um, so we ended up first game 11-7, uh, and he, he only had Stormsire left over. The second game was much more interesting uh, for one reason that, and I think that this is where I ended up not winning the tournament. I think this, this game specifically, even though I won, because what happened was, is that he won the board roll off and he, he set it up wide, but then he put all three of his guys on one side of his board. And so I just placed my Molog on that side of the board and I had ready for action in my first hand and I had some other shenanigans and I ended up killing his entire group by the third activation of the first round. And the game ended nine to one. Yikes. But the thing is, is that there was like, that's it. It ended nine to one. Mm -hmm. And you I'm couldn't done. score anything. I can't do anything else for, you know, he can't score anything. You can't score anything for, for the rest. What is it yeah. like nine activations? Yeah. So we're just sitting there. The rest of the game, it went really. And you only crazy. ended up with nine points on the whole. Yeah. 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 And there was, and he actually, he played rebound on me and, and missed it or last chance and missed it. Something happened that it was, and it was, it was a crazy thing. Oh, and then it, he, he rolled it and it was like, he rolled the wrong die. You ever do that where you're like, Oh, rebound, but you roll like an attack die. Or whatever it was, or I think it was last chance and he right, rolled right. an attack die. And then I'm like, oh, that's an attack die. And he's like, oh, and then he rolls a defense die, and it's like, oh, it falls <laughs> off the, the the table. Oh, you were that guy like, yeah, who made him roll a different no, dice, was, right? No, it was. Anyway, so then he uh, <laughs> another die, like bounced You're off the table, landed in my bag, and then he did another one, and it was cocked, and then finally he threw it again. So he had to throw it four times, and every time, the thing did not proc. And so at the end of it, all of his guys were dead. I had nine activations left, but I was stuck at nine. Like yeah. I couldn't score anymore. And in a tournament where, where uh, total glory is a big deal, mm -hmm. 
I didn't really get, I shouldn't have killed them so fast. Yeah. So, well, I mean, um, what yeah. could you even do though? I mean, like, all I don't your even know. It's like, yeah. I think you have to play, you have to, you have to do the killing that, you know, Molog wants to kill and he's very good at it. And there you I go. I mean, that's the question, right? Like if, let's say, let's say you're playing against, let's say you play that match again, right? And let's say by the second activation, you kill two of his guys and he has another and and you're and then uh, you know on your next activation you have a chance to hit his third guy do you even do it would you just would you just sandbag until i think i don't know i don't know now and now i would think about it because then you can score your at the end phase yeah yeah i think uh, when when you're playing really well and you have you know like a finely tuned you know tournament ready deck and you know especially with the way that you know tournament setups have been for for warhammer underworlds like lately mm. I, I think now you have to kind of consider that stuff i think that's like another thing to think about you have to get all your you want all your games to go you want your games to go time. high scoring in your favor mm-hmm. yeah so i kind of i i killed I, I killed something too quick and i think that, that yeah. kind of got me anyway um so that game ended 9-1 so i'm up uh so i got 21 uh total glory on this so i'm at 41 at this point mm-hmm Oh, oh, and by the way, I, I forgot to mention this before. Like, people are like, well, how'd you kill something with Molog if, you know, you're on the first turn? It's like, oh, because I had Inspiration Strikes and he went first. Yeah. So he went first. I threw Inspiration Strikes, charged in, slammed something, got a glory for killing something, put on whatever it was. Ready for action, you said. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. ready for action, kill that guy. So two two guys were dead before he even got yeah. to, like, do more than one thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I played against uh, our friend Bob. Who was also playing Thorns of the Briar Queen in there round two? Bob, Bob, I also met at the tabletop shop. He and Chris play a lot. Yep. Yep. And uh, so my my night hunt, I started painting them the day before the tournament, and I got pretty far. Like I played them before in just uh, unpainted, but um, I just felt like you know putting some paint on them. I got pretty far in in the one day, and uh, but his night hunt were amazing they were painted really nice and i yeah, got a little scared really i was painter. like i remember that yeah i was like oh man this guy's probably been playing night haunt for a long time i've only i haven't been playing them for a long um nope. but we had a, a really nice game um yeah. i did my my whole um my my basically my whole trick is to play sudden appearance on the briar queen on at the end of my opponent's activation so that way it becomes my activation and uh then she becomes inspired right away right. and then attacks so yep. i was able to yeah i was able to do that a couple, uh, i think in both games just just ice a guy right away with that um and then the other one is i i was i was playing um supremacy and our only way out and i was able to score both of those and superior tactician in both the games. So the, both of the games were really close. We both of us didn't have much left at the end of either of them, but uh, I just ended up edging out with, with more glory in the end. All right. So at this point we are both technically two Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Going into the final round. Um, and for my final round, I played Kevin with his reavers that you played yeah. in round one. Right. Well, he obviously um, won his second game. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, which and then, makes sense. Uh, he was he was decent. He was a good guy. No, yeah, he was and, he, and and for a guy playing Reavers cuz I think Reavers are tough to play. Mm-hmm, he was he mm-hmm. was doing pretty well. Um and but the thing is is that, you know, I'm playing Molog 
and yeah, you know, Arnolf charges me alone. And right, then well, you got to get just, inspired. You got to get got Arnolf's got to die so you can everyone can get inspired. Right, I know. Well, that's great. I'm cool with that. Yeah, you're you're good. Um, yeah, you come on, you come on down, Arnold. <laughs> come on down, Mr. Arnold. Show on up. I'll smash you in the face and score demolished. Yeah. That's fine with me. I'll break your bones and use. I will break tricks. your bones. All right. <laughs> and that's that's what happened. But did he do the thing yeah. where you got he got a bunch of glory really early? Um, he did get a good amount of glory, but then it kind of dried up on him because I had just like killed all of his dudes. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple top spots where I was like, I positioned myself in like really great positions. The other thing is, and uh, this is a little tip that you do: if you have a choice between two guys to kill, kill the one that's already that that hasn't already charged. Huge you know? brain plays. Huge, huge swing because the other guy, the charge, he can't do anything. Right, right. So, so is, you might kill the, the other guy before he even game. gets a chance to yeah. do something. Yeah. So um, stick, so stick to the fundamentals spots. with Malog. Wait, what's that? Stick to the fundamentals with, yeah, with fundamental, Malog. Man. Fundies. Yeah. Got to get the fundies. Anyway, so so um, I just positioned myself in a spot where I was within two range of, I think it was like Sake and also uh, Karsis. And, um, and, and one of them had, I think sake had already charged. So I just sat there in that spot and hit, uh, Karsis so that he could be dead and not be able to do anything. And, um, and it worked out pretty good, uh, two in a row, basically same thing. And, um, so I went six and O on the day and they were, and and those were, those were blowouts. Like they were, Mm -hmm. I was definitely up by quite a bit. I remember the second game, I think I was up like 20 two or something mm-hmm. 22 to like maybe 10 i mean i i, I was up by quite yeah. a bit yeah rough out all there. right go randall rough out there with Malogs. it is rough out there Malog loves little guys to hit and mm-hmm. it'll also hit big guys mm-hmm. no problem so anyway i in in round three i you know had two out both the previous opponents so i figured i was going to be in the the top of the tournament, so I figured I just only had one more game to win, and I would probably win. Yep. So I was really nervous, and uh, was playing against this guy Anthony, who's from uh, from Connecticut. Also, uh, he came there with his with his group uh, of friends, and they were really cool. And they said they're coming to our tournament next week. So shout I out to them. To see him. That'd be great. And uh, he was playing Far Striders, which is my your your old, favorite your, your old one, my favorite warband. It's like it's like when your when your old girlfriend sees you with your new girlfriend. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I figured, yeah, that that's exactly how I felt. And I thought, oh man, like this guy's gonna wreck me with Far Strider because I don't know, because I because I abandoned them, you know. You abandoned them, and now they want their yeah. revenge, right? And make me feel really stupid for playing Night Hunt instead of. Which Far reminds Strider. me, actually, is that I really hope the Islanders kill the uh, the the Maple Leaves tonight. Sorry, same situation. Yep. yep. All right, go ahead. So, I think in the in, in the first game, he decided to mulligan his objective hand, and he mulliganed this card called uh, Blooded. Is that the one where where if everybody has a damage on him? Yeah, then... and isn't that Rivers of Blood? No, that's Blooded the that's the find it. horn. That's the that's uh, horn specific though. Yeah, Blooded. Uh, oh, hold on, I gotta take the filters off. There we go. Where's blooded? Blooded. Okay. Score this um, in the end phase if all your surviving fighters have at all least of one. your surviving fighters. Yeah. At least three. That means it's a dead card if one of your guys dies. Right. So yeah. when you see that card, 
if you're a far strider. Yeah. Yeah. When when you see that card happen, they have Shard Gale in their deck. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. It's a there's combo. not even a question. It's coming. You know, the glass will rain down on your entire warband's face. So something I had to always keep in mind, I had to be really cautious and make sure that none of my guys had one health left. That's tricky. So, yeah. And basically what I did was I kind of just, yeah, really just played cautiously, except with the Briar Queen. And I would try to get in the back line, use hidden paths or a sudden appearance to uh, get to his back line, force him to come to me. Like, he wants to come to me anyway, but try to, you know, force the issue. Mm -hmm. um, and then jam up the, the front line and just try to win like that. And that was basically what I did. But he didn't really have any good opportunities to play Shard Gale. Like, as soon as he would do one day, I think he was waiting to, to have the, uh, the objectives in his hand in order to play it. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe more than one, he wanted to kill more than one person with it. Because, you know, if you, if you play that on all your full health, you know, yeah, you want paying a card a and guys. taking one damage on all your guys for to score one objective is kind of rough. You know, you want yeah, yeah, and if you're playing Nighthaunt, which has all those chain rafts at two, yeah. and you have far striders that shoot at things for one from a distance, you could probably get a couple there, throw a shard gale, wipe right. out three things in one shot. So sometimes I would put Tome of Vitality or Great Fortitude on just a random chain on rasp. Chain rasp yeah. yeah, especially if they were on an objective. Right. Just to give just to give him that like thing. Hey, you want to do that yet? Yeah. Want to do that yet? Right. So that was basically, I think, the whole because he was playing a pretty aggressive Far Strider deck, uh, mm -hmm. not like the full tilt one that I sometimes play, but. It was pretty, uh, he had definitely not a, you know, sit back and defensive strategy. Um, so, yeah, just avoiding the Shard Gale and playing more cautiously was uh, the way I went. So that was that was an adjustment that you made just based yeah. on a card that the guy threw Right away. before the game started. Yeah, you didn't even do anything. You're like, uh-oh. Yeah. And, 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 and you guessed right, right? Like he had that in his hand. Was he... I don't know. He, I, I don't think he, he ever played saw. it. Maybe he played it once, like at the end of something, and it didn't really do anything. I can't yeah. really remember, but I don't. I, I don't remember it. It wasn't. You know, normally when you're playing a seven model warband, someone plays Shard Gale on you. It's the most brack breaking thing that can happen. Yeah, and but, that uh, uh, is that never happened. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. And and uh, and so uh, Randall, who who landed on the well, mountaintop? So it ended yeah. up being both of us. We're three Both and of us were, yeah, we're three and I only beat you by two tiebreaker points. Two tiebreaker points. So that we're goddamn nine-one game. But you know what, Randall, my boy, done grown up. You should have, you should have gotten, you should have picked me up earlier. I know. Listen, Randall, my boy, done grown up. I'm proud of you, man. That was a big. I taught game. you how to that play this big. game. And you know what? That was a that was a big tournament too. Yeah, that was like there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of people now? playing there. That was good stuff. All right, can we get to the no 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 the real clap. part of the episode? Slow clap, man. Okay, you deserve it. The people came here for the updated Woo Bar. They definitely did. List. All right, so we're moving on. Um, let's go. All right, ban and restricted list came out, and uh, if you go back to our 
uh, our rules lawyer episode. Just randomly came five. out, you know, no. What's that? Just randomly. The, the Ubar list came out. No, yeah. you know, wasn't really too far. It wasn't like a big tournament or anything coming up. No, nah, just came out. Just looks like they're going to, does that mean they're going to do it every quarter? I don't know. When was the last I mean, one? Because the first one was in November. Oh, okay. So then November to February. Maybe, yeah, like we'll have months. to, we'll have to look at the, the evidence of when they come back. Not a bad move anyway. Right. But, um, but if you go back to our episode five, uh, we talked about a lot of, uh, you know, things about the rules that we thought were like a little inconsistent and they did actually address a few of them. Um, yep. So, so you could, you could go back there and, and see what we were complaining about and how they fixed it. Um, but let's get started with the ban and restricted lists, which has a couple new entries. Mm-hmm. The first one, of course, being uh, the first uh, universal objective to be banned. And I think it kind of had it coming because nobody knew what to do with this thing. Mm-hmm. It's been FAQ'd to death. Um, and that's extreme flank. So extreme flank is out of there. That means everybody has to go change their decks. Good old extreme Frank. This is really bad news for all the big swarm war bands that would just, you know, spawn their guys in position for extreme flank. Yeah. And just score it. And a lot of those swarm war bands with the exception of maybe the gobos, like kind of need that. It is. It was a card that was in literally everyone's deck. Yeah, didn't everybody. matter. If I mean, you I had it in three guys. If you played nine guys, yeah, you had it in your deck. Oh, you no, you're done. You just got it. Yeah, and it, it's just very unfortunate for a couple of reasons. One, it shouldn't have been two glory. It should have been one. Yeah, it should have been one if they want to do it at all, because it was way too easy to get. You could, <clears throat> you could. There were so many ways you could get it, and um, you could Still even just put your board down. You know, you would choose a, a specific board, mm. and no matter what how it was oriented, you would have a an extreme flank without yep. even moving two guys. Yeah, yeah, there are boards that just yeah. have them on the edge axis, right? And that, and we were kind of valuing. I remember when we talked about the boards episode. Yeah, we were valuing almost every board whether you could or extreme with, flank with on. Their, yeah, their edge axis that, that ended up, you know. Are. Uh, increasing oh, our you, you know one up, out of ten rating. Long boards like it was just super easy to right, score. Yeah, if you did long deployment. One. Yeah, it, but the yeah. other issue, the other issue is that it was very poorly worded. Yeah, that's and it yeah. had to get it got and it got FAQ to death because people had no idea where you can stand and score it, and people were yeah, saying the like, diagonal oh, like if you did a diagonal, like yeah. nobody knew what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah. So the I diagonal mean, it, deployment made made it very complicated, and people, you know, you see on on the uh, various message boards and groups or whatever. Some people made the the little chart, yeah, with like the arrows going back and forth. It was like the most if somebody has thing. to make a chart yeah. to explain a card, you shouldn't have that card. Yeah. And you could, yeah, you could do it where like guys were like four hexes away from each other, and then they scored extreme flank. Like it was just, it's not really extreme. It was really bad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad it's gone. It can be. be I don't think it really hurts. I think it's tough for goblins. I think it's tough for, um, for anything that has like five or more. Because a lot of those guys have trouble scoring glory through killing stuff, and you know it's just nice to have that passive scoring, but it is a lot. And I, I think I think that the I think it's okay that that card's gone. And there's even a card that's similar to it where it says uh, if all your surviving fighters are on edge hexes, 
Oh, and that one's yeah. way harder um, to do. And it's only uh, what is it called? One, I think. Yeah, it's only one. Yeah. Um. Uh, what is it called? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. Skirting danger. Yeah, skirting danger. Yeah. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Uh, is that two? Skirting... I skirting danger is right there. Oh, it's 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 on fuego. No, it's only one. Yeah, and that's way harder to do. All all your fighters have to be on on edge hexes. It doesn't oh, have to be yeah. on. Uh, it oh, doesn't yeah. have to be. Um, you know, on opposite edge hexes, but yeah, you have to move all you know all your pieces to to get yeah. that. And and with all like the range attacks and all the you know two hex attacks that you know you can do now, being on an edge hex wasn't really that big a deal. Um, so. You know, I, I, I can well, sometimes it would put you in a bad spot because you could get trapped if. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you just be careful. You just don't go into those little like nooks. You just go into like the little ones that jut out a little right. bit. But I mean, it's still an edge hex. Um, anyway, I'm glad but, it's uh, gone. I, I don't feel bad about this being gone. Um, I think I just feel bad for for people who play large war bands that were. It's a, yeah, it's a slight. It. It's a slight hit to them. Uh, it's a it's a slight hit to everybody, really, Darn. and you don't want to be that guy that has to explain to somebody why you're you know you're getting extreme flank because of this weird chart, you know, or yeah, having this strange interpretation of how the cards. You don't want to be that guy, so I'm glad it's gone. Right, and also it was becoming a ubiquitous card. Yep, everybody played it. Everybody played it, so that's understandable. Um. Moving on, there are some new restricted cards, only three. Uh, one of them, and this really bothers me, is just because I like it and I use it all the time, is Superior <laughs> Tactician. Not because it doesn't deserve to be on the restricted list. Like, a three glory swing for doing what you want to do anyway, which is score objectives, and everybody loves the immediates. Mm. And there are still a lot of objectives here that are really good and easy to score. And Superior Tactician has become very easy to score and basically everybody was playing it. Um, the only thing about Superior Tactician that I think is a reason not to put it on the on the restricted list is because if you get it in your first uh, hand, you want to throw it away. Mm -hmm. but, but, if, but if you get it anywhere else, it's very strong and people score it all the time. Yeah, I think this is one of the ones on the list that was put there because, you know, because almost everyone played with it. Yep. Rather than it being such a such a good card. I mean, it is good. And yet Loner but... and Perfect Planning are still there. Yeah. Oh well. So much for consistency. Yeah, and I think with this uh and you know, keep in mind it's only restricted. Yeah. So you, I I I still use it in this deck I still even use though it. Yeah. Yeah. I took out something else from the monologue deck to keep it in. Yeah. So, but it is going to lower the amount of restricted cards you can take. And yep. you might, and you might see some people replace this with some of the other score three glory in the end phase, in the third end phase. Yeah. Um, and, and because some restricted cards are coming out of decks, it's going to make superior tactician more difficult to score. Yeah. Because a lot of people take, take the, uh, the restricted. Oh objective. yeah. Right, like advancing strike, or just or you know, or like uh, fired up or escalation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still gonna keep escalation. Right. Change of tactics. Mm -hmm. Loan in the darkness. The darkness. 
all um, that stuff. So, so it being, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it being on the. I'm okay with list. it being there. It, it balances it out. It it was uh it was a card that I feel a lot of people were playing with, and rightly so. And now it becomes a little bit harder to score that three glory. Um, that's a big swing at the end of a game. You know, I would say doing something you're going to do anyway. Yeah, and keep a look. You know, it, because this is getting restricted, keep a lookout for cards like denial, where uh, you know, you, have to, you get end. that three um, in the end phase. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I or I acolyte think of the cataphranes or something like that. Oh, the cataphrane tomes. Yeah. Well, so, well you know, speaking of which, I mean, let's go to the other things that got restricted because tome of offerings did not. Well, I'm just saying, be on the lookout for more cards that score in the third end phase. If you see your opponent discard them in early, you know, if they discard denial early, make sure that in the later on games you throw a guy into his territory. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I see what you're saying. I thought you were talking about. I thought, sorry, I thought you were saying it was something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing that like you did during the game earlier, where you saw them throw away blooded, and yeah. you're like, oh, it's got to have this in it. It's got to have shard gal. So it's the same thing with with if you see them throw something away like superior tactician. You should think about that if in a later game they, it doesn't they don't throw it away. That means it's probably in their hand and they're looking for it. Exactly. Right. OK, so I, I thought you were going somewhere else with it. OK, anyway, but let's go down to the universal upgrades. There are no, no new gambits. Still just uh, just the ones that are up there already, um, including ready for action, which apparently is still legal. So restricted. Um, still just restricted, which is so no ploys fine. at all is the even though everybody plays yeah. with it. Well, I'm just okay. saying it's important to note that no ploys were put on the uh, or no gambits no were gambits put on the, um, the restricted list. Yeah, but it's only upgrade. Put, but they did put deathly fortitude and sudden growth on there. Both of them. Those are the plus two wounds, minus two speed ones. Right. I can see that there are a couple of um, a couple of fighters where you put this on them and it's freaking amazing, like your Briar Queen. Mm hmm. Because the Briar Queen just uses endless malice to like bamf around the board like Nightcrawler and kill stuff, right? And then um, also you put it on uh, on Snurk Sourtongue, the fanatic, because uh, you're not going to move him anyway. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but besides that, I think I don't know. I mean, or you put it on you you charge in spectra you use spectral wings on Magor. You charge yeah. in, kill a guy. Now you're surrounded by your opponent. You throw. Mm -hmm. Deathly Fortitude on that's way right, harder to kill. Yeah. to kill. Okay, but then I mean, but then they don't, you know, like the whole point of 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 the thing. I thought it was already balanced because it takes all the speed away. You yep. know, so it makes it, it it makes your uh, choices later on a little bit more difficult unless you have tech to help you out. But then you have to put tech in your deck to 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 balance that. I I, I don't know if they needed to go up there. I can see why they did it. Everybody was playing with them. They were strong cards. I don't know if they're like restrictable. But um, but yeah, I, it's weird that it, it's, it's like, it is it is a very good effect. And the yeah. fact that you can have two cards that essentially do the exact same thing. It, it makes your deck a lot more consistent. And so you 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 can rely on the fact that you're going to get. That upgrade, usually at least one of them in every game. Yeah, that's true. People were using them. I mean, you know, I, I get it. I get it. But I mean, it's like I think that it's clear from. They're putting a lot of, uh, you know, it's, by putting these two up there, they clearly want things to die. Yeah, and it's weird that they put both of them on there because yeah, because uh, they're like we're having too many fighters not dying. Yeah, let's, but let's you know, you say great defense. strength or whatever. Great strength, um, is is not an incredible strength. Do the exact same thing, and only incredible strength is restricted. So 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, the whole thing's a little. I would I would say, I think it was a mistake to you know double print that. Mm. Um, and if you know maybe just ban one of them, do one but not the other. Yeah. Ban one of them and then make it the make the other one not restricted. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is that I mean, another uh, I don't think anybody's going to play with these anymore now. Because uh, I, 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 I don't think that's like you're not, not going to spend a, when you when you have to put ready for action and, you know, escalation fired up like these are all things you're totally going to put in there. You're going to put in you know, my turn, maybe um, are you going to take I, both I don't of know them if you're going to put in a lot of these people don't really use the upgrades if they're restricted. I, I've, I've noticed a lot, especially on the tournament decks, you don't see a lot of uh, people spending those slots on upgrades. Because I still need to get. What do I need to get? I need to get um, on the on the Molly's deck. I need you to get, have the easy uh, alone in the darkness. Yeah. Superior tactician, uh, escalation, my turn, and pit trap. Uh, sorry, and uh, and ready for action. So those are my five. So there's no way to put in. I wouldn't put in sudden growth, even though I'm trying to keep that guy alive. So you, I I think a lot of people are just going to stop playing these. It's like going to go the way of like soul trap or tethered spirits. Yeah, you don't see anybody playing with those anymore. And I remember last episode we were talking with uh, Stephen Van about a certain objective that was a giant slayer. It's if you if they have five health or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that card. Might yeah, be because a lot that less would, it would trigger if, if you put yeah. that on anything. Yeah. Interesting. It's kind of like there the stock is. market. It's like this card what goes down. Buy, sell, sell, buy. Yeah, sell giant slayers. It's, sell yeah, giant it's slayer now. Good bad. It's on. It's on uh, Underworld's DB's uh, hot list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm looking at. All right. Well, anyway, but that's the ban and restricted list. Uh, so that's the update. Otherwise, it's exactly the same. Um, and now we're going to move on to the. There's three different this? documents we have to the look at. Fi- to get yeah, the I know. We're going to move on to the game. official errata. So, so we had that was that was the ban and restricted list. Separate document. Separate document. Now we have the card errata. So this is and by the way, errata is, is a really separate actually, document. Errata. Errata? Errata? Is it errata? I have no idea. Or is it errata? Let's move on. Errata. Which means, hey, errata. we made a mistake. Doesn't errata mean like, hey, we made a mistake? Yes. Well, like they error, just changed like, like the card. To, to error means to be yeah. like mistaken. Okay. Well, anyway. yeah, this is the section where they change the they actual change text. The of actual the card. text. Yeah. <laughs> so now you have to read these things differently. Yeah. And so the first thing they did, big magenta letters hey, you know that giant troll that kills freaking everybody? Let's make them a little better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we needed that. We and really I say it. fine. Because I'm using him. But if you're not interested in playing him, this is really annoying. Well, so no, go ahead. We were saying. Is is this a buff to him or is this just clearing up? Uh, well, I think it's just clearing up what he should have been able to do anyway. OK. And it wasn't like, clear. Well, I don't, but, maybe not should, but the way he was written. All right. I don't think I don't think and I'll I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, so Molog's inspired. So this is if you've inspired Molog where he gets to charge two times, which is what everybody's talking about. It says to add the following sentence to the beginning of this fighter's ability. You have to say when this fighter has a single charge token, it can still be activated. Now, the way that I read that card to begin with, uh, was that if you had a charge token, you couldn't do anything. But then when I, so that's why I put second wind in my deck. Mm-hmm. But now that I see the change that they threw in here, I realize that actually you should have been able to do that the whole time. 
because, and here's the reason why I say so. When you do a charge and you put a charge token next to something, the the result of that is you can no longer activate that. Yeah, the rules of the game fighter. say that once you have the charge token, that guy cannot be activated anymore. For anything. So, so technically, you, take... you were breaking the rules if you were using it before. You know, now they've cleared it up. Right. So, so, so basically, yeah, yeah. The guy already said, so if you have like, um, for instance, scritch and scritch charges something in, in activation one, you can't bring back a, uh, you can't bring back can't a, a, a rat using his thing, using his action. You can't do that because he's already moved. He's stuck. He's that's the end of the round for him. Yeah. Um, unless of course you use a gambit. Um, so, um, so I think that because you're able to charge and then charge again with Molog, that means that by definition, he's allowed to activate if he has a charge token what because he was already yeah. charging after he had charged. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was not clear from how they wrote it. And they put this in here just to make sure that it is now crystal clear. But I think that that was already implied in what he was able to do. Right. Ban monologues. So, don't no, not until I win glass with okay. him and you can ban him. Sure. Which I almost did you two the next uh, piece of crap. The next uh section. I'm not salty. The next section has to do with sepulchral guard. People play that? And People uh basically the what they did here was any anytime the warden or a card or an upgrade or whatever would allow you to use you know the warden's ability where you can make a move action with some other fighters they specify it to be they you know based on the the move or charge tokens not whether they have made a move action previously in which the is phase. what it used to say yeah and now it says you just put now it just changes and they've yeah. been doing this no real change vault. just making it clearer to the updated rules for uh exactly night night vault which is all about token placement yeah Yes. And it's it makes a difference because there are cards in the game now where you can put tokens on your opponent's guys, like a Transfixing Stare. Right. You can put a move token on them. Or a card like Hidden Paths. You know, you could... Uh, it, it, you didn't do a move action when you, you used Hidden Paths. You put a token. But on. you have a token. So, you know, technically you can still do a move action, I guess, with the, with the Warden, so... No, no, you can't. Well, you could have before you they changed before this. Before they yeah, changed yeah, it, yeah. right? So now, if you hidden paths in and you put a move token on, you can no longer warden move him. Yeah, I guess so. That guy's stuck now. Yeah, so it's got to be something. It's all about the tokens, not whether they took the action or not. Yep. Okay. Um, or if you put, you know, transfixing stare on your opponent's guy, you put a move token on them. Yep. Then they can't use the the warden's. Uh, they can't be moved by the warden's ability. Right. And uh, the upgrade, Ancient Commander, same deal, has to do with tokens now instead of actions. Okay, moving on. Yep. Moving on. Um, okay, so now we get to these three gambits, which are three gambits that uh, I've seen used in certain situations. I've used them myself. They're all pretty good. Um, and and yeah, so Center of Attention uh, is the first one. It should say now... Change the card to read. Choose a fighter and push all other fighters that are within two hexes, one hex, so that they are closer to the fighter in any in an order you choose. Um, and then also we have irresistible prize, which very similarly says choose an objective token. 
push all fighters that are within two hexes one hex so that they are standing on or closer to the token in any order of your choose. And basically all it did is just cleared up that the pushes aren't optional. Yeah, it used to say up to... <coughs> right. It used to say up to one hex or, you know, closer to... Yeah, and now you just you have to move the guys if you're going to do it. If you if you play it, you have to move everything. Yeah, so it. just just to be clear, it says the old center of attention says choose a fighter and push all other fighters that are within two hexes of that fighter up to one hex so that they are closer to the fighter in any order you choose. Up to. So you yeah. could have you could have So then now they've changed it to others, right. Yeah, now push them one hex. Yes. Okay. So that's good clear up and just remember that if you're playing those cards. Uh, the next one is Second Wind, mm -hmm. um, which just sounds like a lot of farts to me. Ha ha ha. Joke time. All right. No, Second Wind. No fart jokes. Farts are funny. No fart jokes. All right. So change this card to read. Jokes. Jokes, man. Yeah. That's what In I'm quotations. The good ones. Boom. Okay. Uh, choose a friendly fighter that has one or more charge tokens. This is the new way that you're supposed to read it. Hmm. One or more charge tokens, because Malog could have two. Yep, yep. In the next activation, treat the chosen fighter as if they had one fewer charge tokens. One fewer charge token. Isn't that mm -hmm. grammatically mm -hmm. incorrect? Whatever. Uh, one fewer charge tokens than they have, and one more move token than they have right so it's again just changing the the changing wording to, to be to rely on the tokens because previously second wind says choose a friendly fighter that made a charge action this phase in the next activation they can be activated as if they had moved rather than charged so they're just changing it to be the tokens rather than what action you did previously. yeah and, and and uh in in my deck in my monologues deck it, it makes second wind a little bit less useless uh useful just like a little bit less useful because right. it'll still work when he's not inspired because if he charges then you can like hit something mm -hmm. but now with the errata to the card um you can still do like a charge attack attack and then charge again in the fourth activation mm -hmm. um whereas i i always thought you need to have second second wind to do that where you could charge then play second then play second wind to attack a couple times or to attack once anyway and then charge again later but with the errata to monologue's card um second wind now only helps if you charge twice or if you're uninspired and not yeah. in every situation so, so on basically anybody other than monologue it's not really a big deal yeah same, same as it always was and i i was using it during the tournament and i remember like situations where it's like oh i don't really need this yeah. Um. Now I need it a little less. Okay. So I don't yeah. know if it's. I don't put, know if it's put something else in there. All right. Well. Anyway. So that's that. So that's all the erratas. Um. By the way, all the cataphrane relics are still two to put on a guy. So. <laughs> in case anybody forgot. In case anybody was thinking about putting those damn relics in your deck. Exactly. Don't do it. Still there. Don't do it. Right. Okay. Anyway. Okay. And now this very. Oh my god. Oh my God, we're not gonna. We're definitely not gonna do all these. No way. Oh well, no, we have um, the ones picked out. So now we're to the designers' commentary, um, mm. and we're not gonna do designers' every commentary. We, yes. Yeah, we've still we've still chosen quite a few things to talk about. <laughs> it's like about a page and a half yeah. in our notes. Oh no, it's but we're not one, talking one about everything. Page. No, it's a page and a half. It's two yep. pages. Holy crap! All right, let's do as let's let's do it as good as we can do it. Okay. All right. So here are all of the different rules changes um, that have been added in. Um, 
This first one I think is a good one because it does clarify. I think some people were doing this wrong. Um, when I use a do-over, a mulligan at the beginning of the game, and I discard cards of one type from my hand, example, the power cards, can I draw replacements and then decide to do a do-over for the other type of cards? And the answer to that is no. At the beginning of the game, if you're going to mulligan, you have to choose if you're going to mulligan them and mulligan them simultaneously. Because what people were probably doing was they were saying, okay, I'm going to throw away my objectives, but uh, maybe... Then draw the new objectives. Good. I don't know. And they would draw their new three objectives and go like, uh, and then look at the power cards and be like, no, nah, I want to throw these away too. Yeah, yeah. And it conveys like, a, it confers a, an, a like an additive. Yeah, I didn't play it like that before. Like I... Yeah, I play it this way where you have to do them both at the same time. But I guess there were people out there that were. There were people who weren't. Yeah. yeah. And can you do a do over more than once? No, but I thought I already said that in the. I in don't the know answer. why that's in even the, on there. In the main thing. I, I thought that that was part of the rules that yep. you can only do one. And also, would you want to do two objective? I don't know. Mulligan? I mean, you're going to have six cards left. Whatever. Anyway. Um, all right. So that's that. Tokens uh can you have so so there was one talked about a move token if a fighter with a move token makes another move action like with ready for action do you gain another move token and the answer is yes mm -hmm. so you can actually have multiple tokens now um and and you know what i, I, mean, I when, believe, when you're moving monologue I, around you have to do that anyway because you get a charge token and then gets another yeah. charge token. i mean it's yeah i mean it was pretty i mean i think everybody was probably aware of this already but now they've clarified it where having multiple tokens is important. It's important to keep track of um, with the tokens and they might put some cards in in the future that they say you can remove up to two move tokens or something yeah. like that. So maybe, yeah, <clears throat> a little bit extra design yeah, a little, there. Sounds good. A little uh, thing you should be aware of, but not too uh, important. So sure. All right. Uh, moving on uh, about magic rolls and this, I definitely did not, think about but now i kind of think oh that would make sense i i feel like i may have played this i don't know why I'm, this is even on here i have well i i, I made this mistake i I, I've been, I haven't been playing a lot of uh magic roll things where you have to roll magic like except for a little bit of thunder right. buddies so um, spell gambits spell gambits if my fighter attempts to cast a spell that requires two zap symbols and i roll a single crit does that one critical success enough to cast the spell and because and I can see why people would think this, because when you're attacking, a critical success kind of makes this yeah, the, you know, the attack a success, but it doesn't. It just counts as whatever symbol you need. So the answer is no. If you roll two dice and you roll one crit and one swirl and you need two zaps, it doesn't go off, even though you rolled a crit. I think that's pretty obvious, but they must have gotten asked enough times. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't that think yeah. that. I thought I thought a crit would do it because crits are crits and crits make things successful. I could definitely see people making All that. All right, mistake. okay. I mean, because I did. Um, who is considered to have dealt the damage that a wizard suffers when there are two or more crit symbols in their casting? This is role? important. The wizard does, mm -hmm. not not the opponent. Mm -hmm. the, the the wizard hit hit itself themselves because it could be Amos Dawnguard. Um, if the if the spell in question was a spell attack action, the attack action would be considered to have dealt the damage, though this does not make it a successful attack action. That's interesting. Yeah, so you could do my you could use my turn. You can use my turn off. Yeah, you of could. It. <laughs> yeah. 
You could hurt yourself with an could, attack yeah, action. Yeah, you could double, you could double and crit on a on play a my turn. Yeah. Yeah. and then you and then hit him, and then then my turn and hit him again. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> no, my turn, push him, then hit him again. Yeah, nice. All right, sounds good. Moving my on. turn, put my turn in curse breakers and just. I think you should anyway. Blast people with yeah. I think you should anyway. Um, it, okay. Imagine you double crit when you cast a spell on one guy, then played my turn, then moved, and then or pushed your guy once, and then double crit another guy. <laughs> yep, one out of oh, in the double crit. Yeah, that would be a one out of thirty six to the second to the second whatever thirty six squared is. Sweet that's buff for curse breakers. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. All right, uh, next one. Oh, we're we're talking about right Darth Vader uh, with curse breaker. Two two player games. Here we go. Talking about okay. If one of my fighters is taken out of action in a two-player game, that's like in a tournament game, does my opponent always get a glory point? And the answer is yes, unless specifically stated otherwise. For example, if a two-player game in a two-player game, your opponent gains a glory point if your fighter is taken out of action by a lethal hex, by the fighter's own demonic weapon attack action, because that gives you one, by their own shard gale by wound tokens on their fighter card once Absoth Withering is resolved, and so on. Mm -hmm. So so if you're playing a two-player game and your opponent's thing dies, you get a glory. No right, and that's that was important because there were a lot of cards that could potentially kill your own dude or right. something like that, and, and we need to have more that clarification. And, like, and uh, it's interesting um, because it says only if a card... Specifically says that you don't get the glory. Oh, it's expendable, right? That's yeah. the only one. Well, yeah, and there's also, uh, I think the blue horror. Well, they had to clarify some stuff about the blue horror later on in the FAQ, but he okay. is technically not taken out of action. He's just oh replaced yeah, by right. the He's yeah. replaced exactly. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Um, are we doing the next one? No, what are we doing next? Well, that, yeah, that's just an important. Really, it was always kind of oh, up yeah. in the air. It's like, hey, my guy died, but my opponent didn't like attack and kill him or like do anything to kill him. Like, does he get the glory all the time? And it was it's important that they put that in there. Good, yep. good clarification. There you go. All right. Uh, the next one: If a fighter is taken out of action by an attack action's damage, can they first be driven back? And the answer is no. Driving back happens after damage is dealt. This is this is going this is to soul trap. We're going to talk about this when we talk about soul yeah, trap yeah. because that that this conflicts with that. Oh boy! No, no, driving back happens after damage is dealt, and if the fighter is dealt enough damage to take them out of action, that happens before they can be driven back. So, um, so for instance, you cannot play, you cannot score master stroke on a on a fighter that you pushed back to tra pit trap. Right. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Happens afterwards. Right. So, it, well, no, yeah, pit trap. Yeah. Is the pit trap or um, trap? No, trap uh, yeah, happens during. Yeah, up. but it's important that this this one pit is trap. important because there were cards like um, get the hence. Yeah, get the hence, master of war. Like if you if you needed to kill a guy with trap, pit uh, trap. In order to get master of war, you know, you need to play a, a ploy and upgrade and score an objective. You can't get master of war. Yeah. If you kill him with the initial attack, you know, you can't play trap on nothing and score ploy master or master of war or pit trap. Stuff like that. Is it pit trap or trap? Pit trap happens after. Pit trap. And trap is during. 
anyway. So that, that so that means that both of them you can't play or just pit trap? Just pit trap. Right. Because the other one happens yeah. during it. Play pit trap says play this during a friendly fighter attack action that drives an enemy back. So it so the it, it does drive an enemy back. It's just that he's dead before he does it, because that mm -hmm. happens during the attack action. But pit trap happens after the attack action. So if you can't drive them back, you can't do pit trap. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good to know. All yep. right. And ah, this one's a very important one. And this is one that I think we've we've been playing this one correctly the whole time, but apparently. Well, I was confused about this. Uh, yeah, all know, right. When I score when objectives I in the end phase, are they scored simultaneously or one after the other in an order of my choosing? And the answer is one after another in the order of your choosing. So if you want to score Master of War, where you need to have uh, one ploy, one upgrade, and one objective scored, if you did the ploy and the upgrade, you can score a different objective in the end phase, like let's say Escalation or something like yeah, that, right. and then score Master of War because now you have already scored that thing. Mm -hmm. It works with Superior Tactician, Tactician and Great Gains too. Yep. All right. Yeah, it makes it makes those cards better. The 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 Great Gains. It's like yep. if you have scored. What's the it's solid gains solid and great gains? Gain. Yeah, solid gains I think is three, and great gains I think is five. Right, so it makes great gains a lot better because you can say, you know, I'm going to score this. I'm going to score, you know, denial or something like that. That's three, and then you have another one that has two, and then you score great gains or something like that. Um, or you know, or if you killed two guys or something. I'm checking it out. Solid gains is three, mm -hmm. and great gains is five. I was right. Right. All right, um, so that's that. Clear that and up. Now that's, that needed to be cleared up for a long time ago, but now it finally has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now this one, real this is this we talked about ad nauseum when we were doing our rules lawyer episode, and this is the whole score immediately deal. Mm -hmm. um, so it says, I'll read it here. Which score immediately objectives can be scored if you draw them after meeting the conditions to score them, rather than having them in your hand? when you score them. And this is like, a, this is something that comes up quite a bit. It came up in the, um, in the, the bat rep that I did recently. And that's, um, and that we were talking about um, strong start because um, when you, if you, if you don't have it in your hand at the beginning of the round or rather when the first thing dies, mm. you can't score it. Now you have to hold right. on to it. So the, the situation is, let's say you have a, a different let's say you have advancing strike is another score immediately card right right and you and it's the first activation you run up and you kill a guy you get score advancing strike you you discard it and you draw a new card let's say that card is martyred you know uh, you, you well, have, have, have or not martyred strong uh strong start strong start yeah. yeah um you know does that count you know you you did kill the first guy in the first round or the first so does that can you score that right that second and now they're saying and no. that's what we're talking so they're saying yeah. the norm is that a score immediately i'm reading now a score immediately objective must be in your hand when you meet the condition for uh you for you to score it if you draw an objective after meeting the condition you must meet the condition again before you can score that objective mm -hmm. and then they give us this wonderful right so there's a lot of cards that that you could get confused with you know not just martyred there's all these there's a couple other ones like yeah. uh you know, let's say swarming spirits, right? That's one for Night Hunt, where it says if you move through two, if you move through two enemies, then you it's a, you score it immediately, right? Oh, so I could get advancing that. strike. I could move through you, get advancing strike, draw a new card. I get swarming spirits. Then I can move through another guy, 
you know, and, and get it. You could say to yourself, you know, was I able to score this even though it wasn't in my hand initially? Well, yeah, because it's on the list. Right. So now that what they've done is they've created this, you know, so that they say it right in the beginning. The norm is that score immediately. Who's norm, by the way? I don't know. Okay. The He's norm guy, is though. that a score immediately objective must be in your hand when you meet the condition to score it. Right. But then they have an exception and there's a whole list. A there's like, there's like 20 cards joke in here but i'm having trouble Good, yeah. keep going Sorry. there's like 20 or i don't know how was this like it looks like about 15 cards on this on this list. yeah all right I so mean, now we're just faqing things on like a card by card basis which is which not is great not always yeah. great but uh all right well anyway these are the ones that they have i've also noticed that a lot of them are faction specific yeah yeah I don't um, think we okay. need to name all of them. You can you can check for yourself which ones on there. Yourself. But yeah, if you, I mean, if you have a score immediately card in your own faction, you might want to check that. Yeah, like sure. no escape was one that I would score that way sometimes because yep. it's uh, it's three charges. I'll, I'll like the three charges in a round thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I I agree that those should be on this list because three charges in a round you 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 wait all round to do yeah, three you have charges. To set it it's up, not yeah. like it's not like there's one single singularity event where that happens that's like you accrue that over the whole thing massive assault is the same thing um so uh and don't forget if you do draw one of these up like massive assault i use in my in my monologues deck and uh you know no escape and uh i i use in in the in the magor's deck um master of magic i think i use in the uh in in my thunder yep. buddies deck um those are ones that um you have to accrue those over you, the course you of the accrue turn. them over the entire yeah. round. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that those are ones you can score after the fact because because it's not a single event. It's like you're just building up to something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So make sure I'm, you check. I'm, that I'm list. cool with that. Um. Let's see what else we're gonna do. Inspired Thunder Buddies. We're gonna skip this little bit over here because okay. nobody plays Das yeah. Macabre. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to go to the, the curse breakers because apparently people were make, making a mistake with this. I think it's pretty clear, but yeah. here we go. Um, how does Cleave work against Am Amos and Rastus of the Stormsires curse, curse breakers when they're inspired? It works the exact same way. It's you can't use shields to block a cleave attack. That's but it. if you but so let's just say okay. Well, Amos and Amos and Rastus when they they have an ability where. If they if they cast it, then they defend on both dodges and shields. So uh -huh. I guess people were getting confused and saying if the if the if you run up and hit uh, Rastus when he's powered up or inspired, right? Is this if mm -hmm. he's inspired? Yeah. Um, yeah and he rolls a, and he rolls a dodge, but you have cleave. Say, oh well, your defense characteristic is a shield. I have cleave. I still hit you. Now they're clearing this up, saying. You can only go yeah. through. You can only go through this specifically through if he rolls shields. shields. Yeah. yeah. So it says when an attack action is cleaved, the target cannot count shield symbols as successes <clears> in their defense <throat> roll. This means that Amos and Rastus, once inspired, can still use the dodge and crit symbols. Yeah. And any relevant support symbols supports too. So if they're supported, that also you can't cleave through that. Um, but not shield symbols mm -hmm. as successes when they're the target of attack with cleave. very specific. Right. So, so if, and so that also means that if somebody's rolling supports at you, those cannot be cleaved through. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you who have been doing that. All right. Anyway, moving right along. We're going to skip over corpus and staff because it's really, oh, wait. 
Oh, who's, and who's we have next? the Thorns of the Briar Queen are next. We got to go to Thorns of the Briar Queen. Thorns we got to talk about Queen. Drifting Advance, which we totally talked about at length in our earlier episode. And now we have an official FAQ on that. Yeah, when we I had played... an inordinately long discussion on oh my this God. card, even though and, it's and, not and, even And they that fixed relevant. it in one short paragraph. Uh, when I play Drifting Advance, do I have to push all friendly chain rasps? And we were all arguing over whether or not you have to do that. And they just say, nope. 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 You can choose you want, to if you want to push them, you can, no. whatever. You can choose to push them zero, which is yep. effectively the same as not pushing them. Okay, so then they didn't get pushed. Yep. Um, in addition, you cannot push a chain rasp that's already adjacent to an enemy fighter, another thing we talked about, as they cannot be pushed closer to the enemy fighter. That doesn't stop you from playing the card. You can still play it if you need to score a ploy master. It simply means that it won't affect the chain rasp. Awesome. Cool. So all that to be... So now if you play Drifting Advance, you are not forced into moving your guys. No. If they're, if they're already adjacent. You can push them zero, but if you okay. do, it means they have not been pushed. Okay, moving on. Okay, which is true, because they didn't move. Um, next one, Inescapable Vengeance, and for that matter, Fainway. Um, if the Briar Queen has moved characteristic this of is for zero, everybody that uses Fainway and, or Inescapable or the Briar Vengeance. Queen using yeah. Inescapable Vengeance. If the Briar Queen has a move characteristic of zero, let like let's say they have what like Deathly Fortitude and Sudden Growth on yeah. yep. her at the same time, can she still make a move and action have, yeah. and be placed on any starting hex using Inescapable Vengeance? The answer is yes, because that's a teleport, right? It's not a move. So even though you have a move characteristic of zero, because Fainway Crystal or Inescapable Vengeance lets you do a move action to go to the objective. Or but the, there's no like the number involved next. here. Yeah. Move to that. Yep. Right. Okay. Sounds good to me. I mean, that, that's just what it is. All right. Uh, moving on. Are we talking? I mean, about I'm not. I'm not sure if I really like that. I think if you're if your move characteristic zero, you shouldn't be able to. Yeah, but they're using a card to do it. Okay. Well. You know. I mean, I, I I think that, you know, like the fame makers, like thematically, you're like holding this little artifact and it just like bamps you to a different okay, part right, of the board. Uh, you want to talk about uh, Vortimus's thing real quick? Uh, this is not on the list, Max. I know, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right. Uh, could, yeah, you know, it should have been. Summoning we, the we, blue we, horror we is not a spell. Okay. Yeah, the blue horror stuff. Um, is the action on Vortimus's card to summon the blue horror a spell? No. You of course not. Even, it doesn't you even, don't even say, roll it doesn't magic say it's a spell. For it. Yeah, it's not even... Ridiculous question. It doesn't say it's a spell. It, if it was a spell, it would say it was a spell. Right. You know, like when if you look at the the um, if you and also spells involve rolling things. If you look at Amos and Rastus, the important power thing, it says that it's a spell action. Exactly. Okay. So spell moving on to moving on. Snurk. There was a lot of if you, if you play goblins, you you this is a must read, uh, entire page worth of <laughs> oh, good FAQs Lord. on on Snurk. There's so um, much magenta. But the thing that we could take out of it most was um, the, the most relevant information about this is when he does his action, inspired Snurk's action, you have to resolve each push of, of the three in the chain individually. And so if it, if it kills a guy or if it moves a guy or if he hits himself, you have to resolve those individually. And if anybody has any sort of reaction or yeah, they have like ploy that they can play, yeah. Yeah. During the the movement, all of those happen after every block of the chain has been resolved. Yeah. So there were a number of different cards that people were saying 
think the 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 biggest one was like mirror move. Yeah. And yeah, basically what happens is even though Snurk is pushed three individual times, you have to wait until the whole action is is over in order to play any reactions to. No, well, that what action. it says is you can for with mirror move can be taken after any other fighter is pushed by Snurk, in which case it's a push of one hex. Okay. Or after Snurk's action is complete, in which case it can be the same number of hexes. Okay, that well that one's the the exception. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on when you want to play it. It depends on how much you want to move. Okay. Yeah. Air move a card that we keep saying is good, and yet none of us. No, play we it. play it. Yeah. yeah. No, we play it. <laughs> Maybe we should. I'm gonna. I don't I'm gonna try, put that try in. it out. Throw it in there. See yeah. if anything happens. I can All see right. that being really annoying against Molog. Guess so. Yeah, no, because I have a lot so of push tech in there. You can get closer to him and, and heal. And, hit, and, he and be him. like, hey, I'm going to push myself closer yeah. to you. Yeah, I'm going to move back too. Yeah. Like, anyway. Oh, All right. Um, there you go. We got Drizget uh, up next. Drizget, the Driz. Drizzy G. Can Drizget use the action on his fighter card to make a move action himself, even if there's no adjacent squigs? Um, and, and if he has no move or charge tokens, yeah. Yeah, so... That's a that's like uh, action on his card is to do a move action with him and the two and, other squigs and drag the squigs around, right? Um, but if they're both dead, you can still do it. Yeah, and that's important for certain um, cards like uh, keep them guessing. Is you have guessing. to do an action yep. on somebody's fighter card, yeah, which cool. is a card that every goblins player takes. And they also talk about how he uh, his how does he deal with um, scurry, and um, if you do a move action using the action on his fart on his card. Fighter card is fard. It's fighter card. Uh, yeah, this can trigger farts. the scurry reaction for uh, a fr friendly adjacent ground. Yeah, everybody was playing that way. All I mean, yeah, you do I a move that. action when you do the the his action on his card. So I don't see how people could get confused with that. But I guess right there now. Exactly. All right. Um, let's move on. A lot um, of FAQs on the old Stalax squig. Oh and, my god! Uh, and they're all. We're not silly. even gonna. We're not even gonna read those. Oh no! I'm gonna read them. We're gonna read them really quick because it's easy. Can Stalaxwick use Fainway Crystal to make a move action? No, he doesn't make move actions. It says okay. so on his card. Okay. Can Stalaxwick position be changed using hidden paths? Yes, it's not a move action. You can move him. Okay. You can you can hidden paths him, of course. Um, you because you you put the token on, but this doesn't say anything about it being a move action. It's mm -hmm. a teleport. When, uh, when more than one player has a Stalaxwick, how do you determine which one is set up first? You just read the damn rule book, yeah, and it tells the you the sequencing rules. Mm -hmm. Good, done. If God's you upgrade, torn, if you activate it, with so the stalag squig, you're a What's nerd. That? What's if that? You, if you activate with the stalag squig ever, yeah, what do you do? You're a nerd. Well, why would you do that? Yeah, the chances of that happening are very are very slim. Uh, Godsworn. Um, we're going to talk one thing about these guys, and we're going to talk about them at length. In our next episode, uh, we're planning on doing that. We also have a special guest for that, so keep keep tuned keep tuned in yep. for that. Keep tuned. Yep. Um, what? Uh, let's talk about the the whole, the whole Fedra thing. Like, if you put Arcane Savant on her, she yep, is now a level this. three wizard. I thought that was already kind of understood, but they had to write that in. Um, let's talk about the oaths. Um, when do you reveal them? That's a good question. This 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 one it, it's pretty clear. I don't know why. That this was a question, but just the way they they answered it is is I thought it was pretty humorous. Go for it. They just say, 
What what does it mean on oath objective cards when it says to reveal them? It says if you wish at the start of the act first activation in the action phase, you reveal any at the start oath of your activation. Your first, first yeah, activation. your first activation. Yeah. I mean, it says that right on the card. Right, which says on the card. Yeah. Yes. You you can reveal any oath objective cards to your opponent. This means that you show those cards to your opponent. Love you it. should give them time to read the card or cards in their entirety if they, they wish. They clearly don't know what it says. Yes. Once they are satisfied, return the card to your hand, concealing it once more from your opponent. See, now what I said you should do here, gamesmanship, yeah. is that when your opponent plays one of these oaths and you notice that you're up on glory, yeah. that you should just, just they'll show reading. you the oath and you just sit there for like an hour and a half saying yeah. that you're not satisfied. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not satisfied. And win on time. Yeah. Just win on glory. Done. It's a, it's right there in the FAQ. I'm not satisfied yet. I'm, I'm going not, to continue I'm reading this satisfied. card. I, I, I can never be satisfied. Okay. I'm always unsatisfied. Great. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Uh, what do we got next? Brutal Sacrifice. So this is the Brutal Sacrifice for God's Warren Hunt. I thought we weren't doing this one. Okay, we'll do it. Go ahead. I mean, it's just... It's we're gonna get to again. the we're gonna get to the uh the Godsworn Hunt episode next next time, but yeah. like they couldn't have given this one you they couldn't this have given you a break on this one. Yeah, this like, one should have said your opponent doesn't get a glory. Right. Point the the brutal sacrifices you, you can essentially play this ploy and kill one of your own guy. It has to be an adjacent guy. You kill yeah. one of your own adjacent fighters, and then you can put an upgrade from your hand onto the fighter that didn't die. And and, and at the same time apparently you give your opponent give your a glory opponent a glory that. yeah so i think they could have you know, god sworn hunt you'll see when we go over him is is not great and then i think they could have i don't know maybe errated this one to yeah to give say that a, a little bit of a, does not get a glory could have actually yeah. said that that would have been smarter yeah but they all didn't. right well hang in there um all right keep them guessing now the, there was a lot of things about keep them guessing on which oh uh, oh yes yeah on which okay. uh actions or or cards or whatever all right allow you do, to get that do actions taken outside of activations people play with keep them guessing i think oh yeah, yeah. yeah. if you're playing you know thunder buddies you might use it um, a lot of people use it a lot of them that have the actions on cards so you might play it with uh with the grots anyway do actions taken outside of activations like an attack action with my turn count as actions for the purpose of scoring, keep them guessing. And the answer is yes, mm -hmm. but note these things. If I put a fighter on guard without activating them, like using Inspired Command or Bright Shield's block upgrade, does that count as making a guard action for the purposes of scoring, keep them guessing? No. When you put a fighter on guard without activating them, you're simply giving them a token. Right, that's that was, uh, that's, that's relevant for, for uh, both keep them guessing and... Um... You know, because people play with the uh, card the when you charge when when you're on guard. Change of tactics. Yeah. No. Some people would, like that to that put... would count for change of tactics. I know, I know, but I'm just saying a lot of people like to combo. I'll play with them si yeah. simultaneously and think yeah. it'll work for both. Right. I got you. If you um, if you play like spectral parry or whatever and put a guard token on your fighter, that doesn't okay. count for keep them guessing. Okay. Um. Let's see what's next. Does uh does scurry count as an action? On a fighter yeah, yeah. card for the purpose of scoring keys. Yes, it's on. Well, that's a, you know, you, that can either be a move or an action on a fighter card. That's important. 
Okay. Because if you if you have two goblins next is to it each both? other, it's just one. Well, no. Let's like, let's say you have two goblins adjacent to each other. Yeah. And you move. You do a move action with one of them. Then the other guy scurries. That is an action on his fighter card. Right. So it works. It 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 satisfies the condition okay. for. So then there you go. Yeah. But but that's the only one. You can't then use a drizzle. Oh no! Wait, is action. it two actions on? It's an action. The scurry count no, as an action on a fighter card for the purpose of scoring team. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was right. Okay. Uh, do actions on upgrades count? No, because it it says yes, earlier on the fighter in the, card. In the yeah. No, that's the that's a good one. one. Yeah, I, I've I've had times where I really want to use the action, like I have a what, a tome of glories or whatever. You have tome of glories and you do that action. Is the, but that's on that's on the upgrade card. It's not on the fighter card. So, okay, yeah, exactly. It's got to be yeah. on the fighter card. Okay. It says action on another another action on a fighter card. Right. So if you have an upgrade that gives you an action, that. that doesn't right. count for keep them guessing. Um, is my if my fighter moves with Fainway or Inescapable Vengeance, does that count as a move action for the purposes of scoring them? And the answer is yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those okay. Are move action. That's that's pretty obvious. But there you go. All right. Now we get to Martyred and Strong Start. Yeah, we already talked about that. We don't need to. Go yeah, no, you might be yet. right. Um, yeah, you just you can't you can't score them if you draw them up. You yep. have to wait until the next turn, next next round. Next one is aggressive defense. Okay, let's go down important. to aggressive defense. Yeah, we talked about this one a little. This bit. This one's pretty important. Yeah. So this oh. one says, if I play aggressive defense during an attack action, and a player plays a reaction like tireless assault, tireless assault is a, a reaction to you failing an attack. Then you, you can get then to do it again immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um, after that attack action, which is resolved first, my attack action or the reaction. So it says if aggressive defense is played during an attack action and a reaction such as tireless assault is played after that attack action, the reaction is resolved first, then the attack action from aggressive defense. And that makes sense to me because yeah. the it's it's about the rolling and the, right. it goes like and they need to put like a timing chart like up yeah. on the FAQ soon. We but that, that makes yeah. sense as far as like how I view the like the the timing chart in my mind is that you declare your attack, you roll dice. No, no, you declare you, your attack, then your opponent plays aggressive defense. Right, then that makes you, sense. Then you roll dice. Then you roll dice. Yep. And then you realize that you missed. Yep. So the reaction to that is playing tireless assault. Yeah, and you and the, the, the and the so the 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 whole sequence hasn't like ended yet. Yeah. You get to react to that. Yep. And then see what happens there. And then if you're still alive, aggressive defense happens afterwards. Yeah. So so I see the window for tireless assault being. So you earlier. can get tireless assault in before you get smacked back. After yeah, that makes that makes sense to defense. me. Yeah, which is nice because aggressive defense is a super good card. Okay. And it's good that some uh, works. That. And let's go. Let's go down. Um, we are going to go. Next one is one step ahead. I think we mentioned this earlier yeah, in this, earlier episode. <laughs> this one is pretty obvious, but we argued about this. I yeah. I can see, look. So, they could they they had to put a word in there. Yeah, let me let me pull but, that. And up. I I love and I love how condescending their answer is. Like I hear yeah. the condescension so, in the answer. One, when one I say one step ahead, do I name an objective card or an objective token? An objective card. Yeah. So Idiot. I mean, whatever. It's <laughs> that's a ploy. It says you can only play this card in the final power step of a round. Choose an opponent and name an objective. Then roll a blood dice. That opponent cannot score that objective. See, and I in the said that sounds phase. like you can't score like objective number two. Right. If you're standing on it. 
Yeah, but, but no. in reality, it's an objective card in their hand. Objective card. Yeah. All right. I'll take right. it. I was being the idiot. It's fine. I was really just being awesome. I, I was really just like I was just hoping. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's go uh, trap and pit trap. Um, this is interesting. Although I don't think people really play with both of these at the same time anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. I might go back to it. That Mago deck got screwed up. Yeah. By the by the 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 woo bar. Anyway, uh, can trap and pit trap be triggered in the same attack action? And the answer is yes, because trap is a reaction to that happens during the attack, and pit trap is a reaction that happens after the yeah, attack. So you can't actually use them both. It's it's weird that you know when you read both the cards, at first you think they're exactly the same, but they're actually not. So they're you not. Gotta, yeah. yeah. They happen Spike at different the... different timing windows during the yeah, attacks. Yeah, one so. of them triggers my turn and the other doesn't. Something like that, yeah. So Something like that. I forget which one's which. Weird. Anyway. Trap does, but trap doesn't mm-hmm. or something. Now, Quick Advance is yeah. the next one. Quick Advance. And when they I play... actually had to do a second FAQ because they kind of screwed this one up the first time. Sure. Remember when that? I... No. Oh, they, they kind of came out with this and then immediately came out with like a second version. Yeah, because they kind of screwed up the the FAQ wording of Quick Advance. Anyway, um, when I play Quick Advance, do I have to be able to choose two friendly fighters other than my leader, and uh, and do I have to push them if I play the card? You do not have to be able to choose two friendly fighters other than your leader to play the card. You can play this even if only the only friendly fighter on the battlefield is your leader. So you can play it to nobody. Right. And the Quick Advance normally says choose two fighters, and you can push them one hex. Right, but so the, and, que- and, the question but, is, you know, if I only have, have one guy left, yeah, because I yeah. used to play this in Farstrider, and it was like, if I only have one guy left, you know, can I? You can't play it, you know, is what I thought. But right. now they've changed it where it's a lot more uh, open ended. You can kind of freestyle whatever you, whatever you want. Cool. So when you, uh, but it says, uh, you, when you play the card, you can also choose to push the chosen fighter zero hexes. So even right. if you play, yeah. you don't have to move anybody. Yep. Okay. It's, it, there it, is it, gets, it gets a lot better. A lot more flexible now. Yeah, it's right. already it was already a good card, but now it's even better. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna skip skip a bit, skip a bit, skip a bit. Change of tactics. Change of tactics. When is change of tactics scored? After the charge action has been resolved. I used to do it ahead of time. No, I used to do it after the charge was declared. Well, you can't do that. You were. I changed. know. Now I can't. All right. So, so now no you have to wait until upgrading. after the entire yeah. thing is done. Yeah, you can't. You can't declare a charge. Get your glory, draw a new card, play Fair an enough. upgrade. Fair you know, enough. Or whatever. I don't know. I guess you couldn't you couldn't upgrade anyway. I, don't that really, I, I wasn't case, upgrading but, between. Yeah. Well, no, it's mainly to draw another that. card. What's that? that? It was to draw another card. Uh yes. Yeah, yeah. actually I was doing so that. So you would so. you would play um I would play change you, tactic, guard, I would draw something charge, up and I might yeah. have something in my hand. Right, right. So now yeah. you have to you don't get to draw the new card until after change um, and change tactics now on the restricted list. Well, I haven't been playing it in a while. It, it, but... Yeah, and then now they did this, so it's kind of you know. Yeah. Okay. Next All one right. I really don't like, but we'll go over that. Okay. Cover, uh, cover ground. ground. If my fighter moves with Fainway Crystal or Inescapable Vengeance and ends that move six or more hexes away from the starting position, even though you didn't actually move through those hexes, can I still score cover ground? Yeah, I don't like that. But you're gonna play with that card now? Well, no. So cover ground is a cover ground is a score immediately objective that says if your fighter moves six hexes, then you immediately score one 
right? One glory and you draw a new cut. Yeah. So I would do that if so, I was you in your night haunts. Well, Please, yeah, let's say you're let's say the objective is ten hexes away from you, right? And then you feign way crystal onto it. That gets you an immediate cover ground for. And I mean, I, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, if that's part of the rules, then it's good. I'll play with it. But I'm just saying I don't like this charge or this this change. I think teleporting is already really good. And you don't need to compound that by putting this score immediately objective on there that your opponent can't really do much about. Sure. Other than I standing mean, on all the objectives or, or all the starting hexes. I, I think it's more than six hexes. You went all the way across the board. Yeah. You covered ground. Don't like it, but if that's the way it is, maybe I'll maybe I'll try it out. In my I think you can try it out because you sure. definitely use both of those things. And and inescapable vengeance, you can use possibly more than once in in the thing. You can maybe draw yeah overground later on. It might cause you to like potato your own turn though. I might have to teleport the Briar Queen into some random area. Yeah, whatever. Uh, she 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 has a two range. Yeah. Probably you can make it work. All right, uh, moving on back to hidden paths again. Uh, Hidden Path says, if my fighter hasn't made a move action, but has one or more move tokens, uh, as if, uh, like, when they're uh, chosen by Transfixing Stare, stare mm -hmm. can I still use Hidden Paths on them? And the answer is yes. I think that makes sense, because you place a move token. You'll, ha you'll have a, a fighter with two move tokens on them, but it's yeah. not a move action. Well, yeah, that's the key, is that Hidden Paths is not, doesn't make you do a move action. It just no, puts the token on you. Right. Yeah, so it's you know more more confusing FAQ garbage with the tokens instead of the move actions and all that. This one's the exception because it's hidden paths. I don't know. Sure. Um, I would expect. Do this we want to talk about invisible walls or no? Pretty soon. Well, the, this has to do, more to do with spectral wings. Spectral wings yeah, works if your opponent yeah. plays plays in, invisible walls. If you and then invisible walls is a really annoying card if especially if you play an aggro warband playing against an aggro yeah, warband. Yeah, no no, if, really if you are playing the aggro warband or if you, and if you're plays, if you're playing the aggro warband it's annoying. Yeah. yeah. It basically kills one of your charges. Right. So then now if somebody plays invisible walls and you let's say you're three hexes away and somebody plays invisible walls on you, I play spectral you can wings. Play spectral wings and play and get around it. Yeah, cuz you right. still move, you know, your spectral wings sets your Move characteristic you fly to one over the invisible walls. Right, yeah. <laughs> Spectral wings changes your move characteristic to one until the next activation. Whereas Spectral wings gives you plus two to your charge or, or to your movement for one turn. So it makes it lets you go three. All right. Are are you ready for last chance and soul trap and all that stuff? This is crazy. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, this is well. This is just a little weird. Um, they've said, "What's what's the first? You want to talk about last chance first? Let's do last chance first, okay. and then we'll skip down to soul trap, and 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 then yeah. we'll come back." Okay, last chance says. It's on page bottom of page fourteen. Uh, no, no, no. We're, well, I'm on last chance. So I'm oh, gonna oh, you're going to read last chance. Okay. Yeah. Um, if I play last chance or use the reaction on tethered spirit or soul trap during an attack action to save my fighter. Is the attack action successful? And the answer is no. So right. if you are able to save your fighter, then that makes the attack action for all three of them. Last chance, other spirit, soul trap. That makes the attack action unsuccessful. Yeah, they successfully okay. attacked you. However, since you you know played this card and and took no damage, now that that counts as being 
unsuccessful. As, Kansas having failed, yeah. Okay, a failed attack, so, right. Right, and that's, that is, so that right there is important if you have certain objectives yes. or ploys or whatever that rely on you getting a successful, successful attack like, or like an unsuccessful armor. attack. Yeah. Right, okay. If I've made a successful attack action, but the enemy fighter is saved by last chance, meaning that my attack action has now failed. What happens if that enemy fighter would then be driven back, but is trapped as described in the rules? Have my rule book. Oh dear. Even if the enemy fighter is trapped, they are not damaged. The attack action has still failed. This is because last chance ignores the damage from the attack action whenever the damage is dealt. So, so you're so the, it's still a failed attack because even though you're trapped, it goes through, but you're ignoring the damage, so it counts as a failed attack. I don't see. This is right. really. So let me just let me just read this part. This is important to know. The, the rules for trapped are on page nineteen of the Night Vault rulebook, and they have a whole diagram. And it's basically if if you attack someone and then there's no way that they can get. There's no there's no hex where they can get driven back into. Then your attack becomes successful. Right. So it says I'll just read the section here. It says if the target of a failed attack action can be driven back, but the fighter can't be pushed because all the hexes they could be pushed into are blocked or occupied. The attack action is successful instead of failing. So what what's the the weird thing is it's the sequencing. It's um. You know, you you roll your dice, and then they roll their defense dice. Then you you see if the attack action is successful or not. If it's not, but then they can be pushed back. It would become successful. It, it becomes it then becomes successful, and you deal damage to them. So with the timing on on soul trap, they're saying that um, when well, the me, dice me... are compared initially, you know, after you before you do the pushback, when the dice are compared initially, and then the soul trap negates the damage they're saying in this faq that you can still be pushed back after the soul trap is gone you know you have to discard soul trap after but the soul trap is gone you go to push them they can't be pushed then the attack action becomes successful which is ridiculous yeah, that you it's, would it's, that it's you very would, convoluted yeah you would roll the dice to see if you got it you did already then you soul trap i saved myself from dying well that lets me kill you then you get bounced off the wall and then back into mean? the yeah and last chance, like you can't do that. Like I see yeah, the difference. Weird. They're saying they're saying like whether or not, you know, because one of them is it negating the damage, and the other one is like making the the attack fail or something like that. But I mean, it's like those are so razor thin difference, and 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 the 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 um and it's only the so they, they set this so precedent. Different. They set this precedent in the in the question right before it, saying last chance, tethered spirit, and soul trap. If you save yourself with those, they're not successful. But they're all they're only soul trap has this thing where where it'll end get, up being yeah, successful. Yeah, if you get trapped, then you can still So if you have soul trap and you're standing next to the wall, uh-huh. it's a dead card. Yeah, you you would it. have to you you would discard it when the dice are initially compared, then you would get pushed back, can't be pushed back, attack becomes successful, card's not there anymore. You know, some damage. of these things I just can't. All right. Um, so, lo long story short, if you're trapped, soul trap doesn't do anything, and you discard it, and you throw it away. Yeah, yeah, but not tethered spirits because that like 
Well, so it's Tether Spirit says on the card that you can't. It also be says pushed, you can't you. be pushed. Yeah. So and then it also teleports you away. And then uh, and then last chance says uh, that because the the attack still fails because you ignored the damage. Yeah, I don't get that. That that's a it. they need. To, I think they need to fix this. Unless we're They've, being dumb. They need to FAQ the FAQ. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like anybody out there understands what what they're talking about. Go on the you know on the Facebook page and tell us what we're screwing up here. Because last chance and soul trap are essentially the same, but for some reason one well one's a ploy, one's a yeah soul trap yeah, works differently. Object, uh, I guess because the 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 effect of soul of te- of last chance happens for like the whole attack action, whereas soul trap falls off mid midway through the the attack action. I, I you can't. suffer the when when last chance happens, you just take no damage at all until all right, just, the attack's over. Moral of the story, everybody: if you're trapped, soul trap does nothing for you. If you're trapped, soul trap does nothing. Yeah, and you lose it. Yep. So if you have soul trap on a guy, don't put him in a trap position. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on because I can't with that anymore. Uh, my turn. Can my opponent drive my fighter back with an attack action uh, before I make the reaction on my turn? And the answer is yes. The reaction on my turn happens after the attack action, and if the fighter is driven back as part of the attack action, this happens during the attack action. Okay. Attack action. Sure. Attack action. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, oh, that's not the one we wanted to do because <laughs> that seemed obvious. Okay. Can can the da- this is the one that didn't seem obvious? Uh, can the damage that a wizard suffers when there are two or more crit symbols? in their casting role, trigger the reaction to my turn. If the spell they were attempting to cast was a spell attack action, then yes, my turn would be resolved after the spell is cast and or after the spell the spell fails. Yeah, we already said that. Yeah, but isn't that... Yeah, we said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah, because it has to be on an attack action. It has and... to be an attack. Yeah, it can't be on a, on a ploy or on a gambit. Yeah, is that right? Is that what my turn says? Hold on a second. Let's find my turn. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. My turn. My turn. My turn is Play my turn says attack, attack, action, or attack ploy, action or a ploy. Not a gambit spell. A ploy. Not again. Yeah, not a not a gambit spell. And not if you run through a lethal hex. It has to be just an, an attack action or a ploy. So the so the the spell has to be an attack spell like fulmination or something like mm-hmm. that. Okay, that sounds right. Um can ready for action be used to perform a spell attack action? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. So I think we're done with this one. I think we're done with that one. Rebound. All right. If a player, because everybody's playing rebound now with Molog sitting around. Oh, yeah. Um, if a player plays rebound during an attack action and successfully rolls a dodge or a crit for that reaction, is the attack action considered to have failed? And the answer is yes. And that's consistent with the stuff that we saw before, right? With last chance and everything. Yeah. Rebound. Same thing. Is the attack successful? They said no, and here they're saying that it has failed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, so that's the same. That's consistent. All right. Um, spectral wings we already did, right? Yep. And, oh, we only got one more. One more that we care about. All right. The next one, trap. When a fighter is driven back into a lethal hex, do they suffer the damage from the lethal hex before I can play trap? So the answer is yes. So if you push them back into a lethal hex, the lethal hex damage goes first, then you play trap. Or yeah. the, the, then you then the then the trap is suffered. 
rather. So, um, so if they don't die because so for instance, so like if, if master stroke is being played and you push them back into a lethal hex and you only need to hit them for one more, does that mean that you can't score master stroke in this case? Cause the trap didn't do it. I'm trying to find that. So what page is that on? Um, it's on 13 towards the bottom. Of the FAQ. When a fighter is driven back into a lethal hex, do they suffer the damage from the lethal hex before I can play trap? Yeah, so if they die from the lethal hex, that's different. And you need to play Master of War. Yeah, yeah. Right. Then you can't you can't play trap after oh, they die can, from I the think lethal. You can play hex. it for Master of War. I just don't think it'll proc Master Stroke because in Master Stroke you have to die because. Uh, of all right. The play. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I understand. All right. Um. That's that's it. That's all we want to deal with, right? Hmm. It's exhaustive. There's other stuff, though. I mean, if you play with other things that are on here, everybody who plays in uh, if in you play skeletons, be checking the stuff out. If you play skeletons or goblins, you really need to pay attention to their specific ones. But we didn't feel like talking about those because we don't see those. Very the, much well, right. no, no, I'm just saying that those are just specific to certain warbands. And a lot of them are pretty obvious anyway. You'll probably find that you've been playing correctly the whole time. All right. So, Randall, I think we've made it to the end. So we do our final segment, Keys to Salvation. Randall, you have one now that you played in. You played and was were uh, on the mountaintop. Pulled that. Where, where's that glass, by the way? Where'd you put that thing? Uh, I, it's on my shelf. On it's on your shelf? On display? Yeah. Still in the box? Or did you take no, it out of the box? No, it's out. Yeah. The, um, so the, the Key to Salvation for this episode is about tournament etiquette, I guess. And mm -hmm. it's just something I noticed, um, you know, when we, the majority of the times when a lot of us play this game is with our friends in a more, um, I don't want to say casual, but like low, low stress, right. comfortable environment. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you do like a takesy backsies or if somebody, you know, if you do something out of sequence, your opponent's like, Oh, okay, whatever. We'll just go back and, you know, do it you know the way it should have been or something like that um when you're when you go to a tournament you have to have a different mindset you really have to play a, a very tight game to to the book much more by the and way. and uh the the part where i was struggling is i i was you know it was obviously very I, I went we went to a store that i had never been to playing against people who i had never met right um and i felt like i was getting pretty close to winning the game so i got a little impatient and there were a few times where I went to go do a move when I it was technically my opponent's turn to do a play a card in his power step. Um, and I think you should be more observant of the the actual phases of the of the game. You should you should know that first of all the the minutia of that. Um, and you know when it's the power step, you know the person whose activation it is gets to play the first one then the other person gets to play a card then the other and then you go back and forth until you both pass yeah so, and um, you have to really make sure you're pausing and right. waiting do you want to play something if you're not sure ask yeah a lot of times when it happened to me it would be like i would it I would be my turn then i would play a card then my opponent would play a card or no it would be his turn sorry it would be my opponent's turn he would play a card i'd play a card and then rather than letting him play a second card, I would just say, okay, I'm going to do this, my, my action or whatever. They'd be like, oh, wait, hold on. I still have another card to play. And, you know, I was getting a little impatient there. So give yourself enough time 
give your opponent enough time to react to what you're doing. Um, and it's also important because if you do something really egregious, you might, you know, get disqualified from the tournament, you know, depending on what it is. Or yeah, depending on how yeah. or, or or change the board state. Another thing is that if you're on the other side of that and you have an opponent that's that's pushing the play a little too quickly, speak up for yourself and make sure that they understand that you have things that you want to play and you have to go slower. If they roll dice or declare a charge and you say, Whoa, you didn't give me enough time. That's mm -hmm. their fault for revealing what they were going to do. Um, yeah. They have to give you time to do it. Um, and, and it needs, I mean, obviously don't like wait, you know, 20 minutes to make a decision, but, 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 you know, they they have to give you a little bit of time to think things through. Do you want to play a card? Do you not want to play a card? Um, make sure that uh, everybody gets out of the game what they want to get out of the game and nobody's pushing anybody around uh, in that way. And of course, if, if you feel that this stuff is happening and you feel that your opponent's not acting in the proper way, you know, call the TO over. And 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 make I would say clear. try to talk to them about it first. Be like, well, I mean, obviously, know. obviously yeah. try to make just say, hey, but if they continue to do it, call the TO over. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. You just, you know, you have to make sure that everybody's playing the game uh, correctly and on the same uh, playing field. And, uh, and that's the thing to do. Agreed. Yep. Cool. We're done. All right, we're done. But I, I, I just want to remind everybody, we do have the Facebook page. Make sure you click uh, like. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, hit that subscribe button. Um, I also want to shout out all our international listeners because I know that some of you for, are from uh, from Canada, uh, the UK, and even people out in, in good old Australia. You're listening to us, and we appreciate that. And um, to click Try, that yeah. like, yeah, good day. Okay. That was the worst. Love, that was the worst thing I've done. That was like, I know, that was like the kilt joke I made to Bryce. Nice. Anyway, yeah, real bad, really inappropriate. Anyway, jokes. so jokes. And then, um, but make sure you hit the subscribe button. And, uh, you know, when you do that, please go on iTunes and write a little comment for us. We'd love to, to hear what you have to say and what, what you think. Um, go on Facebook and like the, uh, the Battle for Salvation page. Go on uh, YouTube and check out the Bat Reps for Salvation. Also, you can find it under BFSWU Podcast. And um, and I'm really excited. Are you excited for that Battle for Salvation quarterly kit, Randall? Yeah, the tournament this weekend is going to be awesome. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Next, totally, it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What are you bringing? You're going to bring those Night Haunt again? Yeah. I mean, they were working. Mm -hmm. They were working. I I'm only playing in the tournament if we have an odd number. Because I don't want to see that, but I'm going to submarine myself and play Godsworn. Well, you're not going to submarine. You're just going to. But no, I'm going to effectively submarine myself. Okay. By playing Godsworn, the the best Godsworn deck I can think of. Okay. But that's what I'll be playing if if and I and I. It's a good. I, it's a good ringer faction. I it, well, ringer means that it's good. Well, no. If you're the ringer, you come in when there's an odd amount of people, and you're not no, supposed no, no, to win. Right. No, no, no. When you're the ringer, you're like the guy who comes in who everybody oh, thinks is like not so great, and then just comes in and like is really great oh, at it. Okay. That's the ringer. So, um, so we're gonna, I'm gonna go in there and try to try to submarine myself okay. by by playing the worst, not so the worst faction, which we'll talk about next week. All right. Anyway, so so for so thank you for listening and uh, for Battle for Salvation. I'm Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>